It's that time, Gamer Nation. Grab your drinks, get some snacks, and plug in your headphones because you are now connected to Next on the Sticks. Welcome, gamers of all ages. I'm your host, Zach Rogers, along with my co-host, Morgan Pangle. How is it going, Morgan? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. Alrighty, so you probably enjoyed hopping into a server on Minecraft or a game of Gary's Mod, but did you know that these major titles started out as indie games? That's what we're going to talk about today, indie games that developed into the well-known and beloved games that have gained a massive following. Before we dive into some of these indie games, some of you might have paused here and said, what is an indie game? Well, Wikipedia defines it as an independent video game or indie game is a video game typically created by individuals or smaller development teams without the financial and technical support of a large game publisher in contrast to most of AAA games. And But I think while Wikipedia defines it just solely based as these games from smaller development teams, I think there are indie games are more to us as gamers. What do you think, Morgan? Yeah. Indie games to gamers, um, indie games are those games that when you scroll down, when you're looking for a new game on the featured page, or you're looking for a co-op game to play with a friend, they're the game all the way at the bottom that might get overlooked because of a low budget or a no marketing. And But those games to us gamers are the games that aren't mainstream, are the games that you don't see all over, plastered all over the internet. Those games are what really give gamers those true experiences where they can just sit down and play a game for themselves and really enjoy it without the outside noise of YouTube or um, excess marketing coming at them. Yeah, and I think these indie games, like, it would be so different if we didn't have these these games from like independent developers because they are most of these games are wildly different from the triple a games that we have that are like call of duty and madden um they have to take some creative liberties because they have a small number of people on their development staff and a small number of people creating these games so they have to some of their challenges coming up with these games they have to work around that in creative ways to where it catches us as video game players in the video game community by, like, it, ca- it catches our eye. Yes, like, I really agree with that. Um, and indie games in general are just really enjoyable because you can enjoy them with friends on a small scale rather than having feeling the pressure to hop onto a multiple um, um, MMORPG or having to jump in and choose a class and get a machine gun and go out there and deal with people yelling at you. Indie games are a lot more quiet um, and they just give that opportunity for you to really experience a game and the art design and just what that developer had in mind. So it's we transition now. We know what indie games are, but let's dive into some indie games. We're talking about how what they mean to us and how great they are, but what indie games are we talking about? What even is an indie game? Is Call of Duty an indie game? Is Minecraft an indie game? Is Cars Raceorama on the Nintendo DS an indie game? Zach, start off by giving me one of your favorite indie games. Oh, man. I, I honestly would say that one of my favorite indie games uh, would be Undertale by Toby Fox. Undertale, if you guys don't know, is an amazing game. It is on Steam. I think it's on Nintendo Switch, too. Um but it's it's a pretty much single single person story 
but it has multiple different ways you can go, like different paths you can take. The decisions you make in the game uh, determine what the outcomes will be. And there are t- so many different decisions uh, if you want to go down a certain path. So there, there are three different paths. There's normal, there's, um, I think, peaceful, and then genocide. And so just for these different ones, you have to do tons and tons of different tasks. But once you get those different, uh, once you get to the end of those different paths and doing all these different tasks, it's so worth it. But I think what makes this game, this indie game, so enjoyable to me and also crazy to think about is that this game was pretty much made by one man and his small development team, but pretty much one man. He created the architecture of this game. He created the different paths, and he also created the music for this game, which is amazing. It's 8-bit, but it, it rivals those triple, triple A games and their, and their soundtracks. I mean, it immerses you into the game, and it, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Pokemon, a little bit to where there are fight, fighting, different fighting musics to... There are different music styles and songs for um, different encounters and different fights. And it's very 8-bit, as I said before. But it really immerses you into the game and making you feel like you're a part of that game. And it's crazy to think that one man created all of this. This is what indie games are all about. Independent developers and very small teams creating these games. And as... I don't know if we said before, but this this game started off very small with a small following, and had today it has millions and millions of people playing it and millions of fans devoted to this game, and I think it's just one of my favorites. So Morgan, is there? Well, have you ever played Undertale before? Um, I haven't really played um, past honestly the first couple of minutes. Uh, I've seen a lot of YouTube videos on it. Um, more of a meme than anything with a lot of gamers uh looking at the fun art style of undertale and just the great storytelling ability it has and just looking at the character of flowey as perceived as a beautiful flower that's going to help you to an awful monster mm-hmm. and speaking of the memes uh i know megalovania that's the song i think it's one of the songs in the genocide path it's literally the last the last encounter that you have with Sans, and that's just become a meme of just this generation, I think, because that is played, that is played all over the place. I remember in band in high school, it's just played all over as a meme. But trying to see how many people can play it on xylophone, how many people can play it on their instruments, because it's such a fast-paced song, and but it's really difficult to master, and it's just funny to see how this game. And it's amazing to see how this game has grown in our generation culturally. But Morgan, I is I know I've talked about Undertale. Is there another is there a game that you like that is indie game that you play all the time that you just love? Um, listen. You might might have heard of this game, you might not have. It's called uh, Minecraft. And listen, listen, before I get before I get all the comments about, what do you mean, Minecraft? I went to the store today. There were Minecraft toys everywhere. I see people playing Minecraft all the time. My kid plays Minecraft. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, listen. Minecraft started as a small, buggy game from Mojang Studios and grew to be the popular, incredible experience it is today. 
Why? Because Minecraft is an incredible game. For me, Minecraft is up there in the top 10 of greatest games of all time. It allows the player to either play a dangerous and frightening survival mode where at every corner there's something that wants to kill you, um, as well as a creative mode that allows players to build anything they'd like with unlimited resources, uh, with block with block dynamics that allow you to really build anything that you would like from the the skyscraper uh, that you want to build to maybe a city scene to recently a JMU student created the entire James Madison University in Minecraft. That's just the kind of capabilities that Minecraft holds. Um, and it's just one of those games that is popular now and it's popular because of its um, approach to all types of gamers. I mean, you like first-person shooters? Hey, man, look, there's a bow. You can rename it a Tommy gun and go crazy, all right? Listen, you like survival games? Man, you got to craft food. You got to get shelter. You got to hide. That's the type of games. Man, you just want to go out there and have a great time and be a farmer? Man, that's great. Go to a village, and then you could be a farmer. I mean, you don't even have to do the normal thing. You could just stay and be a farmer in the village, and that could be all you do for 300 days. And that's the Minecraft experience. You can do whatever you want to do. To me, the game doesn't get stale. It's got a progression system that not is not just slow, but it really allows the player to really enjoy every time they get a reward. And it can be played with friends. Um, and with the new Minecraft realm system, you can now transfer worlds to different systems in order to play those worlds with friends and or play those worlds on separate systems. Listen. Minecraft started out as a small indie game. It was one of those games you were like, "Is this a you know an iPhone game? Is a, you know it's got blocks? What's all this?" To now, it's the giant uh, Microsoft-owned um, experience uh, that is beloved by many, including myself. Zach, have you ever played Minecraft before? Uh, I honestly, when it first came out, I remember getting it on the Xbox 360 because in 2012, I believe, when I got this it started gaining a massive following and i pretty much wanted to get along that train and then i <laughs> tried to create a lot of stuff and i'm like man i can't do this so i gave, i really gave up on it but i'm telling you i got back into it because because of you morgan uh, we definitely we created a world together and we just started off in survival mode and now live in large but creating creating our own homes creating our own our own weapons, our own armor, just our own buildings, and going on adventures, whether we die all the time, whether we lose our stuff. We have so many good memories together um, thus far, and I know we keep keep creating those memories. I just, I love how Minecraft gives you the ability, as you said, to play a game however you want, like, you, like the first-person shooter aspect to where you can have a bow, you can have a sword, and just go 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 to slash town hack and slash the zombies all you want and but you could also if you were a very creative person or not even creative at all but you just want to create buildings you want to create structures you can and i've some of these some of these builds that i've seen online are insane like have like you said the jmu student creating jmu or like building the death star or building all these insane buildings and insane projects from different different communities and different different like, movies and games is insane and it shows you that these developers at mojang mojang studios have thought of everything uh for the different types of players that want to play this 
Yeah. I mean, it's great to hear the Minecraft's had a positive impact on you, obviously. I played a part in that, but it's great to hear that you are one of those Minecraft OGs from the Xbox 360 days. Um, so, But I've been going on about Minecraft for a little for a little while. Zach, let's get back to you. Do you have any other games you'd like to, you'd like to cover today? Ah, oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of games that I've picked up and put down. And honestly, some that I haven't even played that much, but some that... Has- but this one game has impacted my life in picking up other indie games, and that is Gary's Mod, which was developed by Valve. And I think that even though I haven't really played Gary's Mod too much, there it has impacted me in the way of watching these YouTubers play the games like Trouble in Terrace Town, TTT, Prop Hunt, Zombie Survival Mode. And it's crazy to think how these modes stemmed from as just a mod for Half-Life. And now it's become its own game for like gamers and creators to create their own modes and to just chill with their friends and, you know, have just have some fun. And TTT in particular, I, I got into watching this because of a YouTuber named Mr. Fruit. And he and his friends would play this all the time. And, you know, different variations, since it's a modded game, you different variations of TTT, like having a terrorist, I mean two terrorists, or just having, in one mode, having like a ghost and a reaper or being a vampire and just being in the middle and not being an innocent or being a terrorist, but just kind of to create some chaos. But this just got me into watching other indie games, and especially from this creator, Mr. Fruit. He played a lot of indie games, and it, got, it really did get me into... Um, you got me into some games that, I mean, I won't talk about too much, but um, Pony Island, which is a very small indie game on Steam, which you could play right now. But it, Trouble in Terrace Town was just instrumental in piquing my curiosity in these games. And also just me coming back and watching Trouble in Terrace Town because of it attracted certain YouTubers and certain people to play this game. And I did play a little bit of Prop Hunt played a little bit of prop hunt when it was very popular i don't know how popular it is now but um that that game mode is crazy because i mean it's a simple concept you're a you're pretty much you're either a prop or you're a hunter and a hunter has to try and find the prop where they're hiding but the props can change every like five or ten seconds or so and it becomes increasingly difficult for these hunters to, to find these props. And it's an intriguing and interesting idea to have as a game. But this shows you how the creators of Inside Gary's Mod can come up with these games and can stem from their like come up with these games and you know create game modes that everyone likes are just from coming from their imagination that we've never thought of before. But Morgan, have you have you have any experience with Gary's Mod? Oh yeah, I've used to play Gary's Mod a lot. Um, and my girlfriend actually has about two thousand hours playing Gary's Mod registered on to Steam, and that is absolutely ridiculous. If you were to convert that to days, I mean, she has played eighty three days um, worth of Gary's Mod. That's pretty incredible. Me, I only have about three hundred hours on it, but I personally enjoy Gary's Mod. Just for the fun add-ons it had. I mean, I had a um, 
had an add-on where I could spawn the characters from Five Nights at Freddy's and they would uh, jump scare me like in the game where I could spawn uh, a World War II battle and get a weapon and, you know, recreate a fight or something. So Gary's Mod, again, is just one of those games that it's just one big mod. I mean, um, starting out as a mod for Half-Life, but um, it's now just one big mod, but it's, like you said, it's just so diverse in how you can play it. I mean, I, I was talking about how diverse Minecraft is. You would play it. Gary's Mod is th three times that with just the amount of things you can do, and that content is continuously being pushed out for it. Um, yeah, Gary's Mod is just one of those games that's just – it's an outlier um, in Valve's development, but it is a very, very special game. Yeah, it definitely is. So is there another game that you would like to talk about that, you know, is very instr instrumental in your youth or in, or now? Listen, I don't know about instrumental because none of the games that I've played have a lot of music in them. But the game Enter the Gungeon by Devolver. You might have heard of Devolver before. They developed Fall Guys, which is potentially the most attention-spanning lost game in the past couple of years. I mean, that game was fire for about two weeks. Then it just got dropped. Look, I don't know what it was, but maybe it wasn't for everybody. But Enter the Gungeon by Devolver really um, is in the shadow of Fall Guys. And a lot of other games from Devolver... Um, but Enter the Gungeon, in my opinion, is the best Devolver game, and I'll tell you why. Um, Enter the Gungeon is just a fantastic, fantastic um, challenge game where you can play at one of three, uh, excuse me, one of five characters, one of six, five or six, I can't remember the top of my head currently. Um, and you go through this entire Gungeon. Now, this is obviously a play on words uh, to mean Dungeon, but every single one of your enemies is bullet or gun-based. Um, so the whole game revolves around a love of firearms and to some that, that might not be their taste. Um, but, uh, the hilarity and the comic style of the game is really what allows it to be taken, um, more as a funny type of game rather than something super serious. But I mean, you've got bullets shooting guns at you. I mean, the, the shotguns shoot shotguns at you. You've got ghosts with Tommy guns that go after you. I mean, the main boss is just a dragon that's made out of bullet shells. Like it's incredible. Um, and the game itself is incredibly challenging. And I really like that out of a game, um, and out, especially out of an indie game, um, where it's not a challenged game in terms of multiplayer, in terms of there's ways you can get better by, you know, getting this gun, or maybe, you know, you can watch a YouTuber. In Enter the Gungeon, it's all about your strategy. What guns are you going to bring in? Are you going to do a rainbow run where you go and you can only get certain rainbow chests that give you great items? Are you going to do a random run where you, your gun switches every couple seconds? Are you going to do a normal run? Are you going to participate in different activities? Are you going to go after the extra bosses? There's so many choices and so many different ways to play a game that has a simple linear presence, uh, premise of going to the end and fighting a boss. You've played dungeon games before, um, and you've played the big names before. Um, but you haven't played a game like Enter the Gungeon, and it's an incredible indie game. Um, has a great variety of characters. They each have different endings you can unlock, and if from everything that's part of Enter the Gungeon, it's just one of those great games where progression is rewarded, but, but when you struggle, you fail. So it's one of those games that's a big, big risk, but you have a great time. Listen, I will have to admit I've thrown a few controllers coming because of the game, and I've witnessed a few controllers thrown as well because of the game, but at the end of the day, it is such a fun challenge game by Devolver, and despite being in the shadow of Devolver's games such as Fall Guys, it really has a much better premise, and because of that, is a strong game. Yeah, I, I really don't have much to say about this game, about Into the Gungeon, because I haven't played Into the Gungeon, but I've heard good things about it, um, and definitely... I know Fall Guys has kind of taken a dive 
after the first two weeks, and I enjoyed watching uh, some of my favorite develop or developers, some of my favorite um, YouTubers, and like play um, Fall Guys. But I know that's dropped off the map. But I heard Into the Gungeon. I've never seen gameplay. I never played it myself. It was is a really great game though. It's very honestly high on my list to play on it from uh, from this list. Uh, yeah, hey, if you want to play it on my console sometimes, I would be happy to give it to you. But hey, listen, you got to use your own controller because I can't have you throwing mine, all right? But I'm going to oh, tell you, it yeah. might just happen. Um, but as we keep going through these games, um, just a good reminder that so many of these indie games are available for, for you guys to look up on PC, to look up on your Xbox and your PS4. A lot of these games are available for not a lot of money. So if you guys at, one, at home want to look at a lot of these games, um, you guys might have the ability to get in with some friends and put out 5 to $10 and just have a good time with these games that we're going on. Um, but as we wrap up a couple of final games, um, Zach, is there one game in particular you wanted to look at? Um, one game of note I would want to talk about is Super Hot. Which is developed by the funny enough super hot team. Uh, super hot. I've played this game all the way through, and it's very interesting. It's like um, it's like Quantum Break, which is a triple A, which is a triple A title, um, where well, like time moves when you move. So when you stand still, um, you pretty much like time is frozen. And so the the point of this game is to like shoot shoot other people, shoot other, um, shoot other enemies, but try and use that time to stand still and it only moves when you move to your advantage to get through these levels. But the story progression of this is, is um, it's kind of weird and also interesting because you find out that you're just under control by this sketchy corporation, or I mean, I don't know, corporation, but just by this unknown group. And I don't even think by the end you know but you try and figure out like why you're being controlled to do this why you're why you're trying to fight these enemies and it's again it's so interesting to see how like these small game developers can come up with ideas such as this and i'm pretty sure this came out a little bit maybe at the same time but maybe a little bit before quantum break and you see how this influences games like that um, so they introduce like these elements into those games and into like pop culture movies and stuff like that. And it's just crazy to see again how games are developed like this and how ideas are picked up by other developers and like going going a little away from super hot, just like all the all these indie games um, were launched into stardom. They were launched into stardom and got picked up by other different developers because of the, the fame and popularity it was begin, getting. Because I know Minecraft, um, Mahjong Studios, got picked up by Microsoft, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Morgan? Yeah. Yep. And I know, like, these different, these different games that started on these systems, like Steam, I know a lot of these games started on Steam, are on different consoles, are on Xbox, are on PlayStation, they're on Nintendo Switch. And it's just these games are pretty much they're like you said, Morgan, they're cheap and they pretty much fit into the category of games you wouldn't necessarily games you wouldn't necessarily play, but play because they're different. But hey, Morgan, have you played Super Hot before? I'm kind of curious. 
I think I've hopped on it once, um, as I believe it's on Xbox Game Pass. Um, and the premise to me, it was uh, it's quite interesting. Of course, it's, it's not my type of game in terms of something I would play a lot, but I do like hopping on it every now and then to like enjoy that slow-mo uh, physics-based action where you can move out of the way of a bullet and then move behind somebody to kill them. Um, but it's a very interesting premise, and it's a game that has a lot of popularity, even though it was developed by a small group and it's cheap because of how good of a game it is. And yeah, as we get into this last, uh, into this last entry, Morgan, which what game, what indie game, has pretty what indie game sticks out in your mind? Now this is a game. I mean, if you know me, if you're a friend of me, you know that I talk about it a lot, um, especially if you're on my Steam friends list. But this game is called The Stanley Parable. Now this is a game I've got twenty to thirty hours on, and it's not a long game. But it may be one of the best games I've ever played personally, and I have such fond memories of playing it. And to this day, um, I still hop on every now and then because of how great the game is. The Stanley Parable is a rather simple game where you spawn in, a, in first person in your room, uh, in your excuse me, in your office, and you work a desk job and you walk around your, around your cubicle, and no one is there, while a narrator tries to tell you where to go. He'll say, well, then Stanley, who you play as, took a left, and you'll take a left. But you don't have to take a left. You can take a right. The more you disrupt what the narrator is trying to say, the angrier and more sarcastic he gets, and the crazier the game gets. The concept of the game is finding every single ending. The endings can range from the standard ending, where you follow all the instructions, and Stanley ends up finding... Um, that he's being monitored by a bunch of computers, and then he has to escape before they blow up the facility. Or you can find the ending where Stanley simply falls to his death. Or you can find the ending where you go into a room that you weren't supposed to, and there's a bunch of missing textures, and it's a game development room inside the game. The game has incredible awareness, and it just breaks the third wall so many times um, within the game. And it's one of those games that, listen, if you want a high-staked actions game where you can grind out some XP and level up your guns or you can go out and just uh, kill people, listen, listen, listen. A lot of other games for that. This is not the game for you. This is a slow game, but it is for those that are looking to just have a great laugh and to just honestly piss off the narrator um, who has an incredible voice actor and who frowns at each one of your decisions unless you make the right one. Stanley Parable has so many endings, and I still haven't found them all. It also has a plethora of achievements that tell you about the game. For example, if you press the if you press a certain button on a door 24 times, that's an achievement. Or if you find a way to break the game, that's an achievement. They encourage that. The Stanley Parable is such a fun experience. It's almost like watching a movie that you can simply control. Um, it's really great. I recommend you guys go check it out on Steam. It's not too expensive. Um, and listen... If you like it, if you play it and you like it, I told you so. But, um, Zach, I don't believe you've ever played this game before, but um, have you ever played any games similar to that that have a very funny premise? Um, yeah, I honestly, I think I do. And I'm trying to remember what the game is called. Um, oh, here it is. It's called Dr. Langskoff, The Tiger and the Terribly Cursed Emerald. And it's it's the same premise as Stanley as a Stanley parable, and to where like there is a narrator, um, telling you not necessarily telling you what to do, but just be like you're the actor and they're the director and or your agent, 
and they're, they're trying to figure out what happened. You're trapped in this room, and it's a play, quote-unquote, but it's something terribly different. And you, it's a very short game, just like Stanley Parable, but there are so many different little achievements. I know how much you love achievements, Morgan. Um, there are different achievements to, to get on different paths you can go, um, and it's, it's a very interesting game, a very quick game, but if, if you were looking for a quick game to play, um, Dr. Langstroth, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, man, that's a mouthful, but you can play that game, pick it up for really cheap, and yeah, it's a very short game. I recommend it. Yes, Zach, thank you for sharing that game, too. Hey. You guys got an extra game to look at. We got we we got six on the list right now, but now you guys got seven. Hey, we'll give you one. We'll give you guys that one for free. But um, that's all we have for indie games today. Zach, I'm gonna let you finish this off. Yeah, thank you, Morgan, and thanks for tuning in this week and for letting us tell you about our favorite indie games. We hope you'll check them out in the new future. That's all for this episode. This has been Zach Rogers and Morgan Pangle on Next on the Sticks. <laughs>